0: Welcome to the J Scott Outdoors Podcast. Today we have Craig Steele of Exclusive Pursuit Outfitters. Predator exclusives, but more inf- infamously known from a shirtless selfie picture that I'm seeing on Instagram. Dude. That dude, wasn't You're a selfie. shredded you're shredded up, man. That wasn't a selfie, just so you know. Dude, I'm, I'm looking at you going, jolly, Craig Steele, he's ripped up. What have you been doing? Are you been working out? What's the deal?
1: Yeah, just a little bit. Huh? <laughs> You're not going to get any more out of me other than yeah,
0: you. Look, you yeah, look like you could body double for the Incredible Hulk.
1: No. Shut Huh?
0: Come on. I'm looking at a picture on Instagram. i got to bust your balls a little bit um, I'm because release. we've had – We've had some fun conversations about some of the stuff that goes on social media with the shirtless selfies and all that, and and, um, you you had some knee trouble a while back. I'm sure you probably still are fighting it a little bit, but what's gotten into you, and um, why have you not felt the need to show you pictures at the gym every day at 530 and And, uh, you know, show the sweat and all of that stuff. What's, what's up with that? How can you you haven't fallen in line with the the rest of social media? Uh, gosh, why do we got to bring this up? Um, (laughs) uh, welcome back to the podcast, buddy. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, the the gym I go to right now doesn't, doesn't allow selfies. Um, (laughs) But, is that
0: your stock uh, answer yeah you're not um, gonna go here are you you're you're gonna you uh, i it, just uh, you're gonna
1: <laughs> i i it's just uh i don't know it's just one thing i i mean it's It's great to be in better shape but uh it's just i don't know it's just not something that it, i don't know it's, it's hard to talk about i i enjoy it and i think you need to be in good shape um um, to a point, you know, and I, I, I just, I, I don't think that makes me a, a better, you know, or freaking, I don't know, six pack ass. Super dynamic
0: whatever. hunter? Yeah, it doesn't make me a, a freaking a great wonder hunter. wonder
1: hunter? I mean, being in shape makes you a better hunter. It's all relative. Um, I just, I just kind of freaking, it's one of those things where it's uh, part of the Skills that you need, Um, and if you want to hunt for a long time, I think, I think honestly, you should want to be healthy. Um, You know, I mean, you should. uh, The what is it like seventy five percent or something of the United States is considered obese. Um, I would say I was in that, got close to pushing that um, a couple years ago, um, from drinking too much, eating too much, not watching what I'm doing, and not taking care of my body. Um, the older you get, the more you realize that, uh, you know, there's, if you're not improving, you're kind of going backwards and that, uh, you can't eat what you once did when you were 23, 25 years old. And, uh, my wife had a, had a life changing, uh, basically diagnosis a couple years ago that caused us to, uh, change your diet. And at that point in time, I decided it was, and I had knee troubles at the same time, um, decided that, uh, being 255 to 260 at, at six foot four wasn't ideal. I've been that way fat. I've been that way, um, where I could bench press pushing 400 pounds, which was a lot for me. Um, and both ways you're carrying too much weight around. Um, and it wears on your joints, especially when you have, you know, bad joint genetics. And so, you know, that's where the process began. And I think I'm, I'm down around, you know, 38 to 42 pounds. just depends. Um, and I, I think it gives you a better mental edge and you just feel better. But on the same token, um, I'm not out there trying to build a brand or uh, create a following around. The fitness category, which really crosses over well um, and gets you a lot of likes and followers, um, and the Instagram, Facebook, you know, social media world. But uh, that's just not my cup of tea or my personality to to do that. You know, so um, holding
0: nothing against you. Questions since you've lost since you've lost a bunch of weight and you've got in shape. Um, you've, in my mind, you've always been in shape, but now yeah. that you're, uh, fitter, you're leaner, um, have you noticed anything with your joints, with inflammation, you know, does your knee not flare up near as bad with less weight on your body? What have you noticed from that standpoint?
1: Oh, man, it, it, it's, it's hard to exactly say, like, does it? I mean, because it does flare up. Um, I would say that you know that um, I have a tendency. I want to do low impact stuff on my lower body when I'm not in hunting season because I abuse it. You know, hunting a hundred days plus a year um, and do a lot of high impact stuff. So it, it's kind of hard, I guess, to gauge it. I would say I. I Mentally, I I feel like it it does help it because you know you you just kind of have that mental outlook like hey man I'm I'm doing what I can and that, you know my knee shouldn't be bothering me versus you know um, if I was forty pounds heavier you know you wake up in the morning you look in the mirror um, you try to fit in your size thirty eight pants and you know you. You, you, it's just issues that you have that that kind of beat you down mentally, um, and so I would say mentally, I, I feel a lot better about my 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 knees because you know I, I just think it, it it makes you more mentally tough because you realize you're doing all you can and that you know it it shouldn't hurt as bad. So I'm a big believer in mental aspect. Something my life's. You know, she didn't get sick for forever, like, not have a cold, nothing. And she's always been freaking uh, a gamer when it comes to, like, she works nights, uh, like, being mentally tough when it comes to illnesses. Like, she'll flat out say, like, I don't get sick. and You know, that's, uh, I, I've kind of adopted that mentality. It's, you know, of course, you know, if something really, really bad comes on, You may get sick, but I think there's a lot of excuses as far as like you can kind of cut that off by uh, being more mentally tough, you know what I mean? And I think it gives you a mental, more mental advantage than it does, it does give you a physical advantage, you know, getting up mountains or or packing or whatever else, but um, I think the mental side of it is what you kind of underestimate. It just makes you feel better, you know, in my opinion anyway, so...
0: Uh good stuff you and your wife recently went to Dominican Republic I think you celebrated your 18th wedding anniversary um I've never been there what was it like what what were your impressions of you know go going there Um well it was uh
1: very friendly people of course you know uh like 70% of their economy now is based on tourism, so they, they really pride themselves on, uh, on uh, you know, taking care of the, the tourist community. A lot of resorts, obviously, we were at an all-inclusive kind of resort, um, so everybody was friendly, and obviously, you know, that's, that's how they make their money. Um, as far as flying into it, um, it's, it's really, it looks like a mesquite, like thick mesquite as far as the terrain, and there's, they have farming there, like uh, I think Sugarcane or I can't remember what they farm there exactly, but they did a lot of farming um, in there. Um, but a lot of the, the young farmers are transitioning over into the cities now because of the tourist impact, economic impact, um, and to make more money because they can make more money off of tourism than they can. Actual the farming industry, um, but uh, as as far as the country is very green, um, thick like mesquite type stuff. Um, asked one of the locals when I went to the shop outside the resort um, if they if they hunted. He kind of laughed. He's like, uh, "No, he's like, uh, we we've killed everything that we can kill because." The, they're hungry, you know. They, they like to eat, and they eat whatever they can get their hands on. So there's no, as far as I I'm aware, of, I haven't googled it and looked it up, there's no like uh, regulated hunting there. Um, nothing really there to hunt other than you know livestock, you know. So uh, that was interesting. But as far as the people and the place, the weather was 85 degrees, 70 percent humidity, pretty much every day did uh, you grow in like,
0: the ocean or
1: we did, but uh, uh I guess they had like uh, uh like and our
0: resort did a good job of keeping the seaweed uh kind of mucked out you know they were out there grading
1: it and ranking it every day um, mm-hmm. some of the resorts had some bad seaweed and uh you know so uh, i I'm not a huge like the the water is a lot saltier there, <laughs> and so it if I would have had, like, a snorkel and stuff like that, it would have been funner, but just to get in the ocean, it was it was okay there. We did go to part of the Caribbean that was uh, a little bit clearer on a on a day trip, and that was cool, you know, because you could see in the water and uh, look at the coral and see the fish and stuff like that. Um, but as far as where we were at at the beach, it, it wasn't, like, you know. It wasn't great. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't great. The sand was nice. Um but it just wasn't great. The the pool pool area was awesome. I mean, it was a, it was a great time, but it wasn't like, a,
0: uh,
1: you know, the the best beach in the world, you know. Um, but they, there was some fishing there. Um, didn't do any charter. It was a it was definitely a more relaxing, you know, have fun, not. Do stuff together Dubai. type trip. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a, you know, we're gonna go rent a fishing boat and, you know, and you're always there. You're know, like, okay, how qualified are these people to be out here? on <laughs> Where are we going? You know what I mean? So it's yeah. of things, but they speak. Uh, I mean, it's all Spanish down there, you know. So, or, you know, they're all uh, they the the people there are, they're African people that you know basically were. Transitioned over there that adopted the, the you know, uh, Spanish. So it's yeah. you know so they're basically black people that speak Spanish. Um, so it's and they're they're big, you know, with a lot of Latin people, Latin countries are smaller people, but those Dominicans, I can see why they produce a lot of baseball players. They're pretty big-sized people, you know. So they're not they're not uh, you know they're they're stout people and a little bit taller than what, you know, you know most Spanish descent, but they're from Africa, you know, so that makes yeah. sense, you know, as far as their size, but it was interesting, it was a good time, we had, I think we had a good time, we were ready to get back though, um, yeah. the, the flights were, weren't bad, um, worse on the way down, I'm not, I don't, did you fly out of Miami or what? No, we flew out of Vegas into from Vegas to Panama City, Panama City to uh, the Dominican. So, okay. um, yeah, Landon, Panama City is, is kind of
0: crazy. I mean, we only were at the airport, but you're just landing on a little peninsula
1: there. Water's dirty, and, man, I, that place looks crazy. So, as far <laughs> as just more like third
0: world type. Yeah.
1: housing you know so
0: yeah interesting stuff well that's cool i'm glad you guys had a good time um i wanted to get you on the podcast i know we've got arizona antelope season coming up obviously elk season um i know you've been out scouting and looking around wanted to get a general sense of what the moisture condition you know how the monsoons have you know come on um, you know, maybe what units, you know, the moisture is better than others. Um, get a little sense of antler growth, um, horn growth on the antelope, and just kind of get your overall take before the 2018 fall season starts. So I guess I would start with, um, in, in your opinion, what you've seen out there, um, you know, what are conditions looking like in some of the units that you, that you work and, you know, what's going on out there?
1: Um, man, that's a lot of questions. So, what is it? It's August 1st, so I'm leaving tomorrow to go do some scouting, pull some trail cameras and, um, and check some more cameras. Um, as far as, uh, the, like the number one hot topic, it seems like this year, is elk antler growth. Um, Obviously, it was a drier than normal year, um, and just looking at all the data and facts and everything, I mean, you look at, I, we don't, we're not running a bunch of cameras in any unit particularly, but especially, I, we don't have anything in nine, but looking at the photos of the bulls in nine, they look like dog crap, um, as far as their health, you know, their body, you know, um, they just, they don't look good, and that, Unit Nine was exceptionally dry. They were hauling water there real early. There is some bulls that are, there are big bulls in there that that you know absorb the drought and and you know are near normal, I guess if you call it for their age and genetics in there. But there's definitely a lot of shorter back ends. Um, and looking at, I think personally from all the data I've looked at and pictures that I have. Um, that it's it's definitely a down year um, as far as as a whole um, I think that uh, you know you're going to see a lot of bulls that you're going to see a lot of 5x5s five 6x6s six with you know with short fists or maybe you know shorter beam um, but then there is some bulls that did well I think I think the western edge of unit 10 um is going to be all right looking at the rain maps and the wall of res into 18a and 18b um is going to have some bulls and i think you know you and i've talked about this a lot i sometimes i can't get it through through people's heads is, is those bulls where they're at right now lord knows where they're going to be and 60 days you know like they travel so much and i see so much hype and then there's more clients now wanting like to talk about velvet bulls and whatnot and unless you have an auction tag and you're willing to pay that auction kind of price there no, and in use you still aren't unless they show up on trail camera or somebody happens to see them you are not going to keep track of the damn bull um they don't have any bones about traveling 30 or 40 miles, you know? Um, and so, and you know, we get a lot of that. We're, you know, trying to explain, like, hey, you know, we we got bulls that we we trail camera that we don't know where they go during the rut. You know what I mean? Um, and we've killed bulls that have, you know, been on the wall of res that have traveled, in a week's time, traveled 35 miles, you know? So it's... It's going to be a lot of mix or match, but I think if bulls that are living in those, you know, kind of areas, wherever they end up, you know, there's going to, there's still going to be some big bulls that are taken, you know. Um, I think the thing about Unit 10 that uh, that I'm really liking that some guys are, have, you know, maybe underestimated is the, the tax cuts over the last couple of years are helping a few bulls get to the age um age class that they need to be um whereas unit 9 still has some some permit issues and just unit 9 just isn't as drought resistant i wouldn't say unit 10 is not they're not drought proof i mean there's definitely going to be some shorter back ends um but as far as what i i've seen and the monsoon really doesn't help too many bulls at all um because it just it comes too late you know they don't have enough time to put on the weight that they need to put on um, it, it will help our deer south of the Grand Canyon because they're, you know, a lot of our, our deer are just out to their, you know, they're four by four out to their second branches. So, um, this monsoon is really going to help them. So as far as antler growth, I think you can consider it. It's going to be, you know, and I know some of the units 22, 23, um, on the rim and stuff were, were horrible. Um, I, I mean, I think it's going to rank up there with like a 2007, 2014. I don't think it's going to be a 2002. Um, I don't think it was as bad as that And based on the data and everything that I have and pictures and whatnot. Um, but I think it's going to rank up there with a 2007 or 2014. Um, and there's still going to be big bulls killed, um, you know, 350 plus bulls killed, um, and it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens as far as, I mean, obviously they killed a couple good bulls with the, or a good bull, a really big bull with the auction, you know, looks like a res bull. Um, and so, you know, with that, I mean, I, I think elk antler growth is going to be slightly below average as a whole. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be big bulls. Um at because there is I got trail cameras of some big bulls you know um and some of the bulls that I've got trail cameras of pictures of it's weird because some of them you know uh, one of them in particular I've had trail camera pictures of he's six by seven he's he was you know his first start getting pictures of him in two thousand fifteen and he was probably. Six, five and a half, six and a half, and uh, he's slightly bigger than what he was then. But the age is what the, you, you know, is what probably promoted him to be a little bit bigger this year, you know, than he was then because he's got, you know, three more years of age on him. Um, and then there's another bull. He's a straight six point. And first, I get pictures of him two years ago, and he was probably a. A 340 bull. is probably same five and a half years old or so, and uh, you know he's probably a mid 360 bull this year. So by age helped him. So um, there's another bull that first year I got pictures of in 2015, 2016. Um, he was probably in the 385 to 395 range, and this year. Um, he was an extremely old bull and this year he is just he's cracked he's a 300 inch six point um
0: what'd he do just i mean he's got an injury
1: he's got an injury and uh he just he doesn't have the he just doesn't have the back end in in fact his body doesn't look bad jay his body shape actually looks better than some of the other bulls in the area um I don't know if it's just a matter of age. I think another thing that I, I often wonder, you know, because there's so many variables that we don't know. And going back to these bulls that travel and rut hard, we don't know how hard an angel inju- you know, unless we have GPS, how hard a bull, like how far a bull goes, you know, to rut, and then if he gets an injury or you know, let's say, you know, we have two bulls that are the same, let's say they're freaking, they're identical twins, and they're nine and a half years old, so they're in their prime, and one bull travels five miles to rut, and the other bull travels 45 miles. The bull that travels 45 miles, he gets an injury, you know, twists his knee, um, can't get to where he normally gets to, to winter, and, or where he needs to be, because he's, you know, sore-legged. And the, one would think that the bull that only travels five miles is probably going to go into the year. He doesn't have to put on the body mass, you know, that that other bull does. And so those are variables that I think play in that often, you know, obviously how do you keep track of that? You know? So I, I think those sometimes we don't see that. We just assume like, well, that bull, he's going to be a stud because we have good feet. I, Last year, there was a lot of bulls that I thought should have been bigger than they were the previous year because of the moisture, and they weren't. They were smaller. They went down. And so that leads me to believe that maybe um, that they were traveling a little bit more than what I anticipated, and maybe some dynamics changed, you know. But overall, you know, the one thing we can keep track of is um, the feed and rain. you know what I mean? And so that's the variable that we can keep track of and that we can kind of keep our pulse on. We have no idea how far these bulls are going if they have an injury, you know what I mean? Um, The impact, you know, their their horn growth or what they do, you know? So I I think there's a lot of that that goes on that, you know, the variable there that... It's something that, you know, now that we have trail cameras and now that we, you know, can kind of compare year after year and look at data and and look at everything, you know, there's there's a little bit more to it, you know, although the rain and the nutrition is, you know, the feed is is something that we danger, you know, have more. So as far as elk goes, I, I would say, you know, if you know, more than likely most, there's a lot of max point holders that held back, um, this year, so if you got a tag like, don't, like, in 2014, you can go to orghunt.com, and look at the 2014 southwest drought report, it was a very si- similar year, and 10 and 18, and 18, uh, 19B, and, uh, <laughs> unit 8, um, 9, I was in unit 9 that year, um, I seen one bull that I and we hunted him the entire time that I thought was 375 plus. That's the only bull that I saw in there. They killed a giant out of there that year um, that I thought was 375 plus. And then in unit 10, we killed the biggest bull we've taken at exclusive pursuit outfitters. It grossed, I think it was like 415. So, you know, if if you you drew a tag and you know you're in those that mid range points like. There's still going to be big bulls, you know what I mean? They didn't all just die and shrivel up. It's just, you know, just expect to see some short back ends, some bulls that, you know, went went through some, you know, more droughty conditions. Um, and, you know, I, w- I would say that, you know, I'd still go along with the mindset I'm going to shoot a 350 bull, you know, as far as an archery out
0: mindset. So you think you think an archery elk hunter in Unit 10 can find 350-plus bulls? Yeah, um, I do. If if they work really hard? Yeah,
1: I do, you know. I I really do. I think, you know, it's – but, you know, as well as I do, not everybody's going to, you know, as far as work really hard. I think the biggest roadblock is mentally setting yourself up to thinking, you know, if if you're in that mid-range, so you drew, you know, based on 5 to 10 points, You know, you got the dang tag, you know what I mean? So, go hunt. Go hunt hard, you know what I mean? And don't let that get in your way. And just expect, you know. Um, A lot of times, too, I think guys, they see a short fifth, you know, and they don't account for the big old loop in front. You know, you can get to 350, 360 like that. Um, I just don't expect, you know, especially on – some of the like let's say a five and a half year old bull or like the really old bulls um i think those are the ones that are going to be impacted the most because you know you get a young five and a half year old six and a half year old who who maybe he was sprouting up in his back end um and maybe this year is going to cut him down a little bit he's going to lose 10 15 20 inches um, not back in, and you know it might it might save his life this year, you know because he had bomber genetics and whatnot, um, and same goes I think with like you know maybe like a 14 year year old plus bull who maybe maybe he just didn't get to where he needed to get to and he he was approaching that downhill slide and now now he might hit it you know I think those healthy bulls that are in that you know, seven-and-a-half to ten-and-a-half-year range probably are going to be, you know, your better bulls, you know. So it's just it's just going to cut the number of, you know, young bulls out there and those older-age bulls out, you know, as far as I think as a whole, you know. So it's going to be tougher. Um, is it going to be impossible? No, um, not at all. You know, I still think... I still think there's gonna be some big bulls taken. Um but it's you you're not gonna, you know, see three three eighty bulls, you know, around every corner. It just it's just yeah. not gonna happen, you know, in my opinion. It's
0: not so. an 05.
1: it's not an O five. Yeah, it's not an O five. You know as well, you know, it's it's just it's it's just just not gonna it's not gonna happen. You know, it's if you wanna kill a three fifty and there's gonna be a three eighty bull kill out of ten, there's probably gonna be a bull that's three ninety, four hundred or or a couple, but there's not gonna be they're just they're just not gonna be everywhere. You're gonna have to hunt your butt off and um, there's gonna be some big bulls taken. It's just you know um, they're gonna be less than what normal, you know, probably. Especially for the guy that gets it in his head that You know, there is no big bulls. I've seen that happen before. You know, you just gotta gotta hunt hard. Um, As far as the monsoon precipitation,
0: um, the good news is... Actually, before you get into that, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors and then we'll go into the monsoon.
2: Guys, I've got an awesome opportunity to tell you about. You can check out the Go Hunt Insider for free for a 30-day free trial right now. All you gotta do is go to Go Hunt. That's G-O-H-U-N-T dot com forward slash Jscott. Look for the blue Start Your Free 30 Day Trial button and click there. This is by far the most valuable tool a western hunter could give themselves. Insider changes how hunts and hunting information are found. When you go in the Insider you'll be able to check out the filtering 2.0 system. You'll also be able to check out the draw odds for each unit, for each animal, for each state. GoHunt Insider has the best draw odds on the market as far as the most accurate. There's no one that gets as meticulous level of accuracy as GoHunt Insider. You'll see there's complete coverage of 4,200 different profiles, every unit, every state, every species, every season, in-depth analysis, interactive maps, season trends, unit access, camping and lodging nearby, and historical weather. You'll also be able to see some of the additional benefits, the strategy articles on how to apply, let's say, in Arizona for elk, for antelope, for deer. You can go in there and see how in-depth they get. It's an unbelievable opportunity, a free 30-day trial. They also do monthly giveaways, so just by being an insider member You get monthly giveaways, they give over a hundred thousand dollars plus per year of giveaways, gear, tags, hunts. Another unbelievable thing about the Insider is the Go Hunt gear shop. So every time you buy something, you accumulate points. In essence, it's giving money back to the Insider. You might ask, well, how does this work with the Go Hunt Insider? How does the 30 day free trial work? You can sign up to try Insider's industry leading hunting products free for 30 days. They do take your credit card information so that you can automatically become a member once your 30-day trial ends. You can cancel at any time during the 30-day free trial, and it doesn't cost you a dime. You might ask, how is this different from other resources out there? Insider provides analysis and tools for every unit, every species, and every hunt. In each state that they cover, they don't just cover the top 10 units. Their coverage is super in-depth and you can find those hidden gem units. Maybe something that the draw odds uh, are a little bit better and maybe some quality. It's slipped through the cracks and you might find a great hunt there. Right now, Go Hunt Insider covers Arizona, Colorado, Idaho, Montana, Nevada, New Mexico, Oregon, Utah, and Wyoming. All you have to do is go to gohunt.com forward slash jscott and check it out now. Guys, we're weeks away from the start of hunting seasons in most states. No doubt you'll have some trips planned. If you're going to be out for longer than a few days, take a look at Canyon Coolers Outfitter line of premium ice chests. They're going to keep your ice intact for just as long as the other premium coolers, but aren't going to cost you a fortune, leaving more money in your pockets while keeping your food and drinks cold. And here's the deal. There are subtle differences between coolers that you don't really notice until you've used a few of them. What's great about the Outfitter series from Canyon Coolers is they're designed to be flush vertically, without the cupcake tops. You'll see on other premium coolers. This lets you fit them into tight spaces with ease and they're not going to get hung up on other gear. It's one of those things you'll really appreciate after you've used them that you don't even realize before. And Canyon Coolers offers the coolers industries no hassle no fault, lifetime warranty. No matter what happens to your ice chest, no matter who bought it, or how long you've owned it. If the cooler falls out of the back of your truck and you drag it down the highway for 50 miles, all you have to do is send them a picture of the damage and Canyon will replace or repair the cooler for you. It's the last cooler you'll ever need to buy. It keeps ice just as long, if not longer, than the other premium brands. Costs you less and is backed by an incredible warranty and a second amendment supportive company based in Flagstaff, Arizona. And now, just for my podcast listeners, save 10% off Canyon's already low prices and get free shipping by using the promo code Scott at checkout. Check them out at CanyonCoolers.com.
1: So as far as the, the monsoon precipitation that we've had, um, kind of come on normal, you know, uh, as far as uh, normal time period around the 8th, 9th, 10th when it kind of really set in, which is typically normal. Um, and it's, it's been pretty good for the most part. Um, from, you know, watching the radar to looking at the maps to being out and you know, uh, 9, 10, 7, um, 18A, uh, you know, some areas have, have got good catch water, um, good green growth. You know, and it's typical monsoon, whereas you can walk 200 yards and that area doesn't look like it's rained in it at all, you know. Um, but as a, as a whole, um, it's hit pretty darn well. Actually, the, one of the driest places in the state is, uh, unfortunately, is Kingman and part of 15D North, and, and which is a sheep unit predominantly, in 15C South. Um may, that area needs some rain back um from Secret Pass to um Tottenwood Road. Um that area needs to get some rain sooner than later. There's been one storm that's kinda gone through there. Um but as far as like the elk units, um unit ten has been hit pretty good. Um watch that obviously closely. Um eighteen A has been hit pretty good. Um, nine's been hit all right um seven's been hit pretty good especially along the i-40 um williams has been hit pretty good unit eight's been hit pretty good um looking at the maps i haven't really followed like 23 and uh, whatnot and and the other day i was at on go hunt's website looking at their data um Twenty-three and stuff has gotten some pretty good storms um looks like some stuff over on the white mountain apache and san carlos is showing 150 to 200 percent of their normal precipitation so it's been pretty good as a whole um you're
0: talking about starting from say july 7th or 8th or so from july to july you know basically july is when it
1: typically starts july to june usually doesn't happen if the monsoon usually flares up in june it usually is an early start and it's a, a lot of old timers will tell you and ranchers will tell you that if the monsoon starts in july we start getting or in june a bunch of storms that it's going to be a crappy monsoon year and so you'll hear that a lot um and it didn't start we like to for whatever reason it seems like if it starts after the first of july to you know, about July 10th, that's when the optimal start time is great. Uh, it it, it usually, means it's gonna, usually tends to be a better monsoon than if it starts early. I don't know how if there's, like, a lot of truth to that, but it seems like it anyway. Um, and so August is actually usually the busiest month. The one thing that I've noticed, Jay, out scouting, it's going to impact Arizona elk hunting is the calf recruitment is horrible. So uh, what I've seen, particularly in 9 and 7, um, is where I've seen most cow elk so far. I'm getting ready to go up to 10 here shortly. Um, but 9 and 7 is, uh, I think I counted 70 cows and about 10 calves. So that's gonna have implications over the next you know four, five, six, seven years. So I don't know if they I'm assuming they aborted them um, or or they were picked off by coyotes or you know, lions on water, I'm not sure. So that's something to, to watch out for. It'd be interesting to see the the uh, uh, counts in the Surveys on the Arizona Game Fish website. So,
0: um, is that is that something that you've witnessed yourself talking about calf recruitment? Or yes. Is that something where you got okay. So just from what you've seen, yeah, it's rough. Yep. And Lee was just over in New Mexico,
1: and he said about the same thing where he saw. So um, that's that's an interesting dynamic. I mean, there's some so. So now my mind, you know, we talk a lot about rut timing and whatnot. So I think July is a critical month for the, typically it's for the cows to, you know, July monsoons come, puts down the rain, which sprouts up that good green growth, uh, you know, high-protein feed, and then cows can really consume that uh, feed and start putting on weight which are studies that show, you know, the more, the fatter they are, the better in shape they are, Um, the the more regular and sooner and they'll cycle um, properly. So that's why July is usually a critical month, is if we can get that good growth that they'll, they have them calves on them, they'll start, you know, they'll be able to, you know, feed that calf and, you know, put on weight. Um, I don't know. This is not, I'm not a biologist. I don't know if, if the, the aborting or or how this is going to impact the rut cycle. Um, in my selfish mind, I go, well, if if that's the stat that holds true, you know, as far as, you know, there's, you know, one out of every seven cow elk have a calf on them, then those cows are going to be able to put on weight sooner and, we could have a, a, you know, a good rut. You know, I don't know if that's going to be true or not. That's just me, my, my mind thinking. Um, but they also have a long ways, you know, a lot of weight that they need to put on, on average. You know, because of you know the dry conditions that we had. So that's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. You know, um, but it's that's that's what goes through my mind when I when I see that. Um, as far as antelope scouting, that's what I've been mainly doing because, you know, that's, you know, kind of what you see a buck now, you know, he's going to be probably in that general area. I like to wait till the monsoon comes, um, because then, you know, you get feed and water everywhere and they're going to be where they typically want to be versus where the drought kind of leads them to. So um that's what I've been mainly scouting for is pronghorn antelope, you know. Um as far as they go, you know, that I I seen a few fonts, uh, a few more in one bunch there was fourteen antelope and I seen three there was three fonts in that bunch. Um, but a lot of the those that I saw did not have a font on them. So that could have been I think that was more coyote related. Um but it could have been, you know, a little bit of the droughty conditions as well, you know, so um, I'm not sure on that
0: exactly, but, uh, yeah, so... Is it true that um, antelope actually do better in drought conditions as far as horn growth? Their horns grow more in a drought, is that true?
1: Well, you know, the only study I've seen is on the... uh, The Arizona Antelope Foundation has a study, and, you know, studies are funny... Thing in my mind because it could be, I mean, I don't know if all the information is there to technically prove that. Um, I think it's like a two-year, one-year study or something, and basically they had more boot and Crockett antelope, and I could be wrong, they were taking that year of a drought year, so it kind of sounds like they found that, well, because the antelope were browsing more. Um and there was no grass feed they were browsing more, so that caused them to you know do better um there's just there there's not as much body weight uh variable there, you know what I mean so I mean they're a small animal they're kind of like sheep they don't they don't need as much feed um and just thinking about it from a logical common sense standpoint, and there's also less inches of shrinkage there you know what i mean so like a buck goes from 80 to 82 you know versus there's just less inches of of actual uh material there to to worry about shrinking and they have a huge growth cycle so they from november to you know june are growing you know um versus an elk you know Freaking May until you know July 10th ish, you know. So just putting on a big bull 400 inches, gotta put on from you know, which is actually more probably like April, April to so to July 10th ish. I mean, that that's a lot of bone to put on, you know, in that that amount of time. So I think that might have something to do with it as well. So I can. I couldn't tell you factually. I, I don't know if there's been enough studies done, you know, to to conclusively say that. I, You know, I haven't found a buck that I thought was great, you know. Um, but it's also because it's been hot and dry. And when I was scouting and um, starting to scout a little bit more, you know, we'll see what I turn up and what we kill. So, um I can't really speak on, I guess. I I just don't see the variances, you know what I mean, as much as I do. And maybe it's because there's less inches there,
0: you know. Yeah. So for guys uh, out there with antelope tags in Arizona, um, you know, they have tags in their pocket right now. What would you tell them as far as scouting? You know, when is the real critical period for scouting for those antelope tags right now or? I, you later, know, it depends the, on,
1: I mean, if, the... if you've got a, if you have an archery tag, obviously, you know, scouting now is critical because you're first up, um, and, you know, scouting and as much as you can, getting to know the unit, and where you want to hunt, and where you find the biggest buck, um, and, and not get hung up on water, you know, as far as sitting water, um, kind of leave that as your ace in a hole so so to speak but but don't get hung up on sitting water because a monsoon storm could come and flood your dreams away um and and so if i had an archery tag i'd be out now as much as i possibly can until the hunt starts and then find the best buck and best country to hunt them in and, and go from there if i have you know there's there's certain units that you know like like an 18a has a muzzleloader hunt and then a rifle hunt after it and there's a few units like that. Like so it's hard for the rifle hunter with today's muzzle loaders. Like I wouldn't get hung up too much on a buck because he might be taken off the table. Um, but you can darn sure scout it but make sure if I was the rifle hunter in there, I would make sure that I have multiple bucks that, you know, I kinda had on my hit list for lack of better terms, whereas a muzzleloader buck, maybe you only have muzzleloader tag holder because you're first up, maybe you only have one buck, you know, found, but right now the ruts starting, they're starting, antelope are very territorial, so they're really starting to kind of get going a little bit, you're feeling good, and that'll go all the way into, you know, they'll be chasing each other around in September, um, so it's a good time to scout, you know, typically if you see a buck now in an area, you know, you, you'll probably be able to find them in their, that area over the course of three or four days if you keep looking in that same area, um, unless they just took a walk, you know. But typically speaking, they're very territorial, so they'll come back to that same area. Um, so it's, it's a good time to scout, just kind of base it on what tags are in front of you, you know, and don't get hung up too much on a buck. If there's a, a, a rifle hunt in front of you, if if, if I'm in a unit ten um, where there's you know seventy something tags or eighty tags, they cut the tags, um, have mo- multiple bucks found, and obviously the Bokeus isn't open yet. I think it opens uh, I don't know, seventh or something like that. that. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure, um, but you need to have. I would have multiple bucks found in there, or try to, you know, and don't get, you know, if you're on a, find a big buck, just realize it, especially if he's out in the open, that you're going to have competition. There's a lot of guides, um, and there are a lot of, you know, kind of any antelope that's out in the open is going to have multiple guys on him, uh, more than likely. Um, and then, you know, some of the other units, if you have a hunt before yours, just don't get hung up on one particular buck because you might be very disappointed. Um, and, you know, usually archery hunters run about 5 to 15% success, so nothing against archery hunting, but a lot of times, you know, unless, like, 19 beast tends to average a little bit higher, it seems like, success rate for the archery hunters. I think because there's a little bit more trees and stuff like that, but um, just just be aware that, you know, archery hunters typically aren't killing all the bucks, you know. Um, so you can, I would bet that, especially if the buck's out in the open, the archery hunter isn't going to get him killed. So um, I guess I don't know if that answers your question, but I would just be mindful of how many hunts you have. And right now is a great time to scout antelope, you know.
0: Ah. Let me, sh- let me shift gears a second here. Um, you had a 15-D north um, sheep hunter last year, and I forget if it was 15-D or if they split the unit off the top of my head which you can remind me. Yeah, 15-D completely, uh, so it was, it was open. Okay, so now they've switched it 15-D north and south, kind of how they used to be. Um, you guys, your client shot a phenomenal ram, and then the sheep draw comes out. Do you have a client for sheep at this time? Um, and what have you what have you been seeing out there as far as sheep? Or have you been out much? Um, are you looking for a sheep client? what What's your status with the uh, bighorn sheep right now? Well, uh,
1: currently, I don't I don't have a sheep hunter um which you want um, a sheep hunter? oh yeah i would love to you know i I mean i could have had one in a different unit but um i you know i i kind of like to stick Lee and i like to kind of pull our resources and we're not a big monstrous group trying to book every hunt um and trying to get into every picture so you know we look cool um, or for marketing purposes. Um, so I kind of stick, we stick on our sheep to the units that we think we can do a great job in. Um, and so with that being said, it really limits, you know, the number of, you know, people that A, draw a sheep tag and B, you know, value it enough to pay for a, a guided hunt. So, um, 15, 15D, 15 15D South, 15C South, 15C North, you know, all those units, 16A, um, those units right there are the units that, you know, I want to be in for us, um, uh, just because, you know, we just don't have the resources, nor do we care to go, you know, to another unit that's in southern Arizona or, you know, way over in the central part of the state, because we're Point thing, we're just not going to do as good of a job as some other people. So just like some other people coming up here to guide, you know, they're just not going to do as good a job as what we can do, you know, just because of the resources. Um, But uh, as far as sheep, uh, honestly, I went out once. Uh, It's been a month ago. Uh, It was hotter than heck. I did not see a single sheep. Um, I went out to D uh, south. Um, But it was hotter than heck, and um, I'm mainly glass from the road. Um, I don't, you you know, as well as I do, I mean, I don't go out. I have hunts, so I don't go out and just often um, and just randomly just go killing sheep just because of my time. You know, I got wife and kids and other things going on. Um, I will go out, you know, and look if, if I feel like I need to, um, but I'm not just out there just, uh, you know, trying to be this sheep guru of content, you know what I mean? Um, so if we get a hunter, I know I can do a damn good job and we scout the heck out of it and work like hell and, you know, find the sheep, um, and go from there. Um, but I just, I just don't go out like that because I, you know, I do multiple things and, um, you know, some of the units are 15 minutes to, you know, an hour from my house. Um, so, you know, and it's hotter than heck and the sheep are around water, but you, you still have to combat the middle of the day if you go out. So, I have plenty of other things I'm, I'm working on. Um, Okay. Um, so my wife just peeked in and told me what time it was. Um, so I, that's it. I I mean, I I think the sheep and like anywhere else over here, you know, we have the the pneumonia, so you're going to have to, um, worry about those conditions, but I think there's going to be some good rams taken, um, but you're going to have to work hard and, you know, the number one aspect that I talked to one hunter about it, um, that the DIY guys, which I'm totally for, if you want to go on your own, cheap hunting, that's awesome. But the number one thing, and you and I have talked about it, is a lot of DIY guys, they burn themselves out in the scouting, and then they get out there and their buddies talk them in to shooting or for whatever reason, they they just they shoot a ram way too early. You know, and they, they just... which is awesome you know if they're happy with it that's cool but you see it time and time and time again they shoot within the first two or three days usually the first day or two and you know they're done you know and and you know maybe it wasn't maybe they're not after the biggest ram but and you have a month you know and um, especially if you're going DIY take your time and like I told this guy if he doesn't go With us, I told him, I said, you know, um, he lives about seven or eight hours from from the unit, you know, hunt it for a few days, take a break, come back, but don't, don't get in a rush.
0: You know, it's a dang sheep hunt, once in a lifetime tag. So I just, I think people just... Yeah, but the reality is a lot of people, they come up, they set their camp, they don't want to take their camp down, go home and come back. They don't. Or, yep. or even leave their camp, they, you know, it's it's sheep hunting especially seems like one of those things that I, I never understand it. It's like the longest season of probably all of the hunt, and it's the shortest amount of hunting time. And, yep. and it's it's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime deal, but it's still the shortest amount of time they spend. You know, they spent two weeks elk hunting, you know, they spent 10 days deer hunting, and they spend one day sheep sheep hunting. They'll they'll have a tag for antelope. They'll have a tag for archery deer. They'll have a tag archery elk hunt, and they get busy, and then they finally go. Well, I didn't have time, and you know they they go on their once in a lifetime hunt, and they they hunt, they scout, they come the day before the hunt, and they shoot the first ram they see, and they're gone. I've never understood that. Yeah, I don't. It was it's funny because you
1: know you just got back from your your sheep hunt. You know, I honestly going in. I thought Jay's not going to kill Ram, and I thought, and we talked. I did. I mean, and not because it's the mentality has always been that success is to a lot of people is defined, and I've been guilty of it. Um, If 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 you can call it guilty, is defined by coming home with something, something to show. For for what you you spent money on, so you can tell your family it was a success, or tell your wife, or you 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 had to justify, you know, the time away, the vacation, so you got to kill it's that got to kill mentality. Um, and I and I often wonder, like, you know, for the guide and outfitter that you just went with, like. That you, I, I followed your stuff, and you're like, you know, I didn't have to kill. I still had a great time, and I see where people come I'm like, hey, don't you feel like you didn't weren't successful, or don't you feel like you know you didn't get your money's worth, or don't you feel like they could have done something? And you're like, yeah, they they might have been able to do some preseason scouting, but that's that's not what they do because of logistics or whatever else. I often feel like like it it it's funny how people say like. The success is an experience, but there's very few people that actually, deep down, really get that, you know what I mean, and really, like, understand, like, you don't have to kill. That's the beauty of trophy hunting, is, like, you, you don't have to kill, like, and it's okay if you do, but I think a lot of times, like, a lot of people have to kill because they have to like they have to come home. And they have to show their wife that they were successful. So they, you know, they lower their standards, or you know, um, or they. they so there's have a to justifi-
0: justification of time, and there's a ju- justification of money that I didn't Absolute. just go up there, and spend twenty plus thousand dollars, and come home with nothing. I actually here, here's what I brought home, and it it is kind of funny how that works for sure.
1: It it is. It's just. And, and so you know going back to that like enjoying the process you know that's what i what's what I love about you know guiding is I get to enjoy a lot of the hunting process um, obviously it pays me so if it didn't pay me I, I wouldn't I wouldn't guide you know I would just help my good friends and you know my family and do my own hunts Um, but I get to enjoy that hunting process and that hunting process is what I love. Um, and yeah, to kill, it's awesome. I mean, nothing, it's like, you know, putting an extra scoop on the ice cream cone, you know, like there's nothing or putting toppings on it. It's like it, it tops off the hunt. It makes it, you know, when you get those successes, it, it makes you come back for more. But all the failures, all the times that you didn't succeed doesn't mean, doesn't mean that you're, like, I don't know, it doesn't mean, like, it doesn't, you don't have to, you know what I mean, and and it, it's, I see so many people that, it, like, they have to, they have to kill, they have to kill, whether they go DIY or with a guide or with, like, they have to kill, you know, it, the, if they don't kill, they weren't successful, and I just think that that, that is, uh, I don't know, I just, I, I, and then, then I find it funny that they go on Instagram and talk about how, you know, They're not a trophy hunter, and, you know, how they just love the hunting, but they, sorry, but they just love, they just, you know, they love the hunt, but then, you know, they had to get that picture for Instagram, you know what I mean, like, and I'm guilty of it, too, so I can't, I can't say I'm not, Um, but I don't know, I just, I think it's, it's one of those cliches in the industry today where, you know, trophy hunting gets that bad name, but on the end of the day, you know, being a trophy hunter, it means kind of like you're willing to set your standards high and you don't have to kill, you know what I mean, to make it a success, and most of the time you don't, you know, just like your hunt, kind of, you know, so um, if I was a sheep, guy with a sheep tag, um, you know, the funny part about the guy that I talked to is, is, is actually his wife and it's just her, her first time applying. Um, for she
0: so, uh, first time applying and, uh, that, that's, I, I find that, uh, uh, very, uh, uh ironic, very, uh, ironic. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that's the case, you know, so hopefully, hopefully
1: if they go on their own, that they take their time, they have a good time and, um, they go with us they go with us, and if I book somebody else, I book somebody else. If I don't book a sheep hunter, then you won't see me posting on social media about how, you know,
0: everybody else sucks,
1: you know, because I don't have a sheep hunter, but.
0: Well, well man, Jay- um I know, I know you're a busy guy. I know you got to leave town tomorrow. Um, I just want to finish by... Uh, general recap of your predator exclusives your business um, has really taken off and you've been able to provide a great service to people uh, with all your predator hunting and I enjoy watching the predator um, exclusive videos Um, and deep down you love predator hunting probably more or as much as anything Um, how is that business going and um, you know just give me the overall sense of of, of how that's going with you hang on one
1: second can you hear me yeah um it's 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 going good you know um i've got got some lion hunts that i'm doing this year calling lion hunts which is uh kind of the first year that it, it is the first year that i promoted it um as far as hunting lions with predator exclusives, and it's completely call in, you know, calling lions. And I've, I've called in a few now, and I feel like I've got a little bit of a system, and there's enough lions and not enough lions being taken where I live to to do, you know, five to ten lion hunts a year and have some success at it um, and, and justify, you know, clients spending the money um without feel like i'm not providing a service and they're going to hunt with me which i do have other guys that do other other hunts but you know it's the predator exclusive is never going to be you know a multi-million dollar business or anything like that but it's a good business i love it if when january comes um which is typically when i start doing predator hunts because my big game season slows slows down um i'm always looking forward to it um you know typically hunting january through march for me i'm usually doing predator hunts um and it's just a change of pace it's something that i always love to do um i'm out in the field it's just just a, it's
0: like we always talk about it. a coyotes a coyote a turkey's a turkey um it's just it's just fun man it is so much
1: fun Um, and guys get a chance to experience something different. I get to experience something different than just these high pressure, uh, big game tags, you know, Uh big game hunts, you know, where it seems like there's a lot of pressure. Um, these are just a lot less pressure and guys just have a, have a great time. So it's going good. Um, you know, and, um, plan on continuing doing it for a long time so um anybody wants to do a predator hunt uh i usually it's funny because i just had a client yesterday he hasn't he didn't book a hunt right away i usually we let the past clients um book book the first spots every year and it kind of goes through that phase where we give them a month to book their spot well he didn't book a spot now he's trying to fit into the calendar and I just can't fit him into the calendar and he's whining to me and I'm like, well, I told you. And he's like, I know, but now I'm getting the itch to go again. I'm like, he's like, please squeeze <laughs> me in. And I'm like, I- I'll try. But you know, I mean, at the end of the day I can't bump somebody else, you know, that I, that I yeah. booked. I mean, we still have a lot of open spots, but just my schedule is limited. You know, um, I'm yeah. only one
0: person. And um, so, Yeah.
1: A right, on, Jay. Well,
0: it's, it's, always, it's always great talking to you, and I uh, look forward to seeing how you and your your buddies and your guides uh, do with the exclusive pursuit this year on antelope and, and um, elk. And we'll have to check in with you mid September and get kind of a mid season rut report. And um, yeah, buddy, thanks for your time. Awesome, Jay. Sounds good, man. Good talking with you. Thank All you. Right. Catch you later.